Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Facing Fate, Season 2, Shadows, Episode 3, Fear. Reynolds, you're getting ready in your apartment the next day. You're heading off to see your master of sight. And you're getting ready to head out the door, and you see underneath the door, Shadow coming from the other side. Uh, hello? I know I know someone's out there. Who is it? Oh, you are such a very good oracle. Well, I, I mean, I saw your shadow, so I'm not that good. May I come in? Uh, yeah, yeah, by all means. I walk in and, like, in. You know how people walk in and they stay in the entryway? Dayum does not do that. Um, personal space and other people's space, that's eh, a concept that she has not quite grasped yet, and she completely, like, walks in to your home. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess just make your make yourself at home? Well, that is, that is just very nice of you. Thank you. Dayun goes to the kitchen and starts rummaging through your cabinets. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I think there's some some crackers up there if, if you like crackers. Sorry, but I don't usually have a lot of groceries here. I don't have that much company over. Oh, I'm looking for your kettle. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. It's uh, in the one down below you, right, right at your left knee there. Dayun grabs it and goes to your stove and, and begins to fills up the goes through the motions of you know prepping some hot water for some tea. Uh, is it just um, hot water, coffee, tea? What are you What are you in the market for? Tea would be great. Okay. In my home, I have tea. Okay, I do have do some have tea. tea. I've got a very limited supply. I've got some uh, boost. That someone bought me a while back that I don't really care for. And there's also like an uh, orange Pico kind of thing in there. Oh, those are both great names. Aruabus. Aruabus. May I see it? Uh, sure. I'd like to see the letters yeah, on it. Yeah, it was, it was right down next to where you got the kettle from. I rummage and I'm reading boxes of tea. Crisscross applesauce on the floor of his apartment kitchen. Oh, oh man, where'd the morning go? Uh, okay, um, I guess since you're here, you can just help yourself to that tea and then lock the door on your way out, but I gotta, I gotta bounce. Oh, 
Well, having tea by myself doesn't really sound very fun. Um, maybe I may may bounce with you. Oh, so maybe we could bounce together. Uh, yeah, I I guess I have to go kind of down the down the street and then over a couple. And where are you, where are you off to? I am also down the street and and over a couple as well. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, we could go together. Let's go together. And I I turn and I stand by the door. Don't want to really uh, burn the place down while we're gone. <laughs> that would be unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll head out. Okay. He locks the door. Maybe behind I could him. carry your jacket for you. Oh, I'm content to wear it. That's that's fine. It's kind of nippy in the mornings out there, so. see a bit of an exasperated sigh roll across his face as the two of them turn down the hallway to walk out of the apartment building. I'm walking uncomfortably close to him. Mahira, after your meeting, you rushed home, figuring that's the place that you would find Raja. He wasn't home when you got there late at night, but came in three or four o'clock in the morning. So it's early morning now, between 8 and 9, and things are starting to move in the house. What is your morning routine as you're waiting for Raja to wake up? Things are mostly normal at this point, but what do you kind of observe and do? So probably my parents and Mina would have been up earlier because she's like a kid, right? doesn't necessarily sleep in, even if her dad has been out till the middle of the night or the early morning. So they're probably kind of just doing like a very kind of boring, but wholesome getting up, making breakfast, you know, like family thing, which is probably um, like incredibly painful still to me years later to be watching this like very just like banal kind of family scene as I can't be a part of it. Mina runs in with a book in her hand and runs over to uh, your father. Pop up! Re- read it to me again. Th- this one again? Well, it, it's my favorite and we just finished it just a couple nights ago um, and I was and I was so sad when Charlotte died but then I, I really think that if we start it all over again um... And it, it'll be like having her back again. Okay. Let me, let me finish breakfast, and then we will start. Now, I've, I've, we've, we've read this quite a few times. Maybe, maybe you could start it off with the way you remember. Well, I remember that there is a little girl, and, and I want to have piglets like her, too, pop up. Can we have piglets like her, too? Well, uh, we would need much more space for piglets. We've talked about this before, but maybe someday, if we, if we get a bigger place, we can get the piglets just like, just like the little girl in the book. Pop-Up, what's bacon made out of? Uh, we see Pop-Up look down to the frying pan in front of him, and he says, um... Magic and fairy dust and pigs. 
And sorry, and pixies? Pixies, yes, pixies. Magic fairy dust and pixies. It tastes all like all of those things. You're weird, Papa. We hear a door slam back and down a hallway, and heavy footsteps coming down. Daddy's coming. Uh, he got in late. Maybe don't rush him with too many questions. Nina nods and kind of does that thing that kids do when they're like trying to, okay. Mm, she's squirming in place, just waiting for him to open the door. Uh, Raja enters the kitchen and doesn't really acknowledge anybody in the room. Goes over to a cupboard and grabs a cup, slams it on the on the counter and starts to pour a coffee. Mahira, your father, looks to him and says, uh, good, good morning. Yeah. Um, we, we waited up for you a little last night. Didn't, didn't see you. Didn't Pop, see you. Pop, let me stay up extra late. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, sorry, it was late night. Of course. Um, well, uh, we, we I know you, you've got to rush off to work here. Mina, Mina was hoping to read a story. Perhaps you could do that for for a brief moment before? Uh, no no time. I just got to get this coffee in me, and then I'm out the door. But, Daddy, it's Charlotte's Web. Oh, that one again? You've read that so many times. I, it's my favorite. And I'm just mad. Like, I'm just watching this, and they're... Um, you know, I'm loving my dad and his granddaughter, and they are, have, like, such a great relationship, obviously, and then my stupid brother comes in and is, like, acts like none of this matters when I know it's all that matters, because once you die, this is all you wish you could have is just a really boring morning with your family. So I'm, like, already, obviously, pretty mad at Raja, and now this is, like, I'm real mad. Like, this fucking idiot doesn't gets me killed and then doesn't even appreciate that he's still alive, it's bullshit. Well, Daddy, the first couple chapters are not very long. See, they're short, and I come over and, and I'm shoving the book up in your face. I, just, I don't have time this morning. Just, we'll we'll read it tonight when I'm home. I should be home at an okay time. If we started when you first came in, then we would be almost done chapter one right now. Maybe we could just do one chapter? She, she's not wrong, Raja. Like, I know. I just, I, I have no time. I've got, I've got no time right now. Everything's just so busy. I just, I gotta go. I'll be back tonight for dinner. Raja begins to storm towards the door, heading out towards the street. But Daddy, you never have time for me anymore. Uh, well, I'll have time soon once I'm done with work. All you do is work. She says that as she turns away, sulky. I'll, like, interact with my environment by pushing the door that he's trying to open so he can't open it. And when he tries it, the initial time, it does slam. So it makes, like, an abrupt kind of loud noise. And then I just am leaning against it so he can't pull it open anyway. What the fu- Dad, is there, like, something wrong with this door? Um, what do you mean? Well, did you not see me try to open it? Uh, sorry, sorry. Let, let me... Let me... Can I see? Can I push past you? Yeah, yeah. He reaches for, for the door and 
checks the handle. And of course, I've moved out of the way. It, it, it seems to be working just fine, son. I don't fucking know. Get out of the way. I gotta go. So we kind of push him a little bit. We'll see you tonight. So I'm going to follow him or like go with him wherever he's going. You see him climb into his car. Yeah, I think I'll just like get in basically. Yeah, no need to spectrally move around the city when I can just hop a ride with him. Plus he might be like on the phone. I can find out more stuff. It would be helpful to see like where he is going rather than just being like, ah, fuck, now I'm in some warehouse. Like, I don't know. Car has trouble turning over, and it gives you a moment to just slide into the back seat. This fucking thing, I need to get it goddamn fixed or just get a new one. God, I just need money. I just need some fucking money. Slams his hand down on the dash, and then the engine comes alive. And from back inside, Mina and Pop Pop hear the tires spin and rush off down the street. It's always so mad all the time. I know, sweetie. Uh, let's um, let's take our breakfast into the other room here, and we'll start reading Charlotte's Web. How about that? Okay. Dayun and Reynolds, you're walking down the street. You're, uh, Reynolds, you know where you're heading. Dayun, you're following quickly behind. So, Dayun, where are you off to today? Who are you going to see? Well, I came to see you. Well, yeah, but you did. You even started making tea at my place, but, you know, I I got places to be. You said you have a place to be. Where's that that place to be? Well, there's no specific time, really, so I'll just walk you to your place, and along the way, we will become better friends. Oh, okay, so I guess there's no more hard feelings over the incident? Sometimes friends have some obstacles to overcome, um, but eventually, once friends make up for the things that they did in the past, I believe that the friendships grow stronger. I mean, I did apologize. You know that, right? Yes, but there will forever be a permanent record. You know what the worst part about this whole thing is? My permanent record? No, no, no. I mean, that's bad. Don't get me wrong. That's bad. But the book wasn't even as good as the movie. So what you are saying is that it was not even worth it when you did that horrible thing which is now on my public library permanent record and I mean I, th- I feel like horrible thing is overstating it a tiny little bit I mean it was it was it was some late fees that's it that's it that's it that is not it No, I'm pretty sure that's it. The 27 cents that was owed for the three weeks overdue book is something that will never be erased from my time at 
the public library, and now if I were to go back there and show my face, it is it is more than just a late fee. But you, you know that you can just pay the late fees, right? And they take them off your record? Well, I think the polite person thing to do would have been to pay my late fees because it was you, not I, who had returned the book late. And also, it was you who had incurred the fees, but it is on a stain on on my honor that the librarians at the Trusted Book Palace will never forgive. Okay. It was only, it was only 27 cents. Uh, but tell you what, I'll buy you uh, a cup of tea here from your, your favorite spot where your friend works. The Java spot, we're here. It's right here. We'll pop in. I'll grab you some tea. We'll call it all even. We'll be on our separate ways for today. No, I am all worked up. I think we need to walk this off together and... Uh, and and you can continue to brainstorm some ways that will make this right between us. But look, look, your your friend is waving at you from the window. You see Ren waving, big smile, and she goes back to helping a customer at the till. I feel like you should go say hi at least. She is busy with work. Dayun, as you look into, you see sitting among the tables there, there are a couple of individuals who you recognize as very Fae-like. Actually, Reynolds, I suppose you're right. You will have to walk and think of ways to pay retribution to me and my honor alone. Good day. Okay, well, oh, 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 all right. Can I, oh, oh, okay, I guess I'll buy her coffee next time. Dayun opens the door and there's a chime with a flourish that's the door slams onto the wall and she enters into the building and you hear Ren calling from inside. Oh, Dayun, it's good to see you. Come on up. I've got your I've got your order already. Uh, I I don't really hear her and I walk over to the table uh, where I see the two fae peoples. They don't acknowledge you. I assume you walk up to them. I do. I'm standing right at their table. They don't look up at you. They just look like they're, they are continue conversation amongst each other. I just can't believe how easy it was to get through. Oh my God, I know. We just like, just like waltzed over. They're letting, like anybody can get in right now. Anybody. Did you see, did you see that they let, they let that, that little pixie, ah, what was his name? Uh, Gregor through. Oh my God! Really? Like Gregor's gonna stir up some real shit oh here. Oh my God! Really bad. This realm does not know what it has coming because, oh my God! Like everyone I know is coming. People are making big plans for all of the, you know, hijinks they're gonna get up to. It is really mm-hmm. gonna be now, something. Remember- I'm glad we're here for it. Remember, the goal, though, is just to kind of fit in seamlessly before we do too many things, right? Yeah, but, I mean... It's, I know, it's a hard ask. I know. It's a hard ask Yeah, from, because from these humans the are so weird. So how do you so act... gullible! Right? So how do you act totally normal around them when they're, like, so abnormal and weird? Dion is, at this moment, trying to remember what humans do to be acknowledged when they are not being acknowledged, and she just, like... 
Oh my god, do you see what I mean? They're disgusting. Like, ugh. Yeah. Could you take a step back, please? And then they look up at you and see that you too are Faye. Oh. Are you new here too? Did you just come over? Just, did I just come over? Yeah. From the other side of town, I I did, just oh. across a few streets. Um, so you've been here a while then? Mm-hmm. One of the first yep. waves coming through. Um, it did, it did take me a while to perfect my wave. How yes. are you finding fitting in? Like, you've been here for a while, so you're probably fitting in seamlessly. How are you doing that? They're so weird. Well... Um, wh- Ren comes over and hands ha- you your teas. Is here? You're you're regular. Uh, come oh. say hi when you're done with your friends here, and I'll uh, we'll catch up. Okay? Yep. And Ren walks off. How did yeah, you do? She knew which drink you wanted when you entered the room. Yes, but do not be alarmed. Mind they do powers? not have mind powers. No, it is not. They told us stories that they could have mind no, powers. They don't, but they do have memories. And if you are a likable humanoid, they will uh, go out of their way to um, put your comfort at the forefront of their thinking. And so my dear friend Ren always brings me what I like. Because she has learned, um, and that is another thing with these humans, is that they learn and adapt. And uh, why, why, are you, why are you here? Well, the same reason you're here. I mean, the reason we're all here. All? I mean, why There's everyone's going to be here. Hush tones, but yeah. Like... How many is all? But how could you not know this? You're here. Wait a second. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? I'm Dagger. I'm Lexi. Who are what? Who are you? How long have you been here? For a little while. Um, you see them kind of turn their shoulders. You still hear them. Maybe she's not with the first wave. Maybe she was like kind of an one of the outcasts. It seems that way because she doesn't seem to know what's going on. And it's, like, the biggest thing that's been going on, so she would probably know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She, she, so, okay. Shh, shh. Sorry, we can't talk to you. Because I don't know what's going on, and it's the biggest thing that's been exactly. going on. Yeah, I'm glad you understand. Thanks so much. So good. So Thank kind. you. Or and I kind of turn around. Have a nice day. Ha- okay. Or, no, it's Thank have you. a nice day. Have a nice day. Thank there you. you. I was sent down here to perfectly emulate the humans. Mm. And you are shirking any sort of training that mm. I might be here to offer you. Mm. So, but and then finished. I think about it and then I go, suck on that. And I look back to Ren, who I'm sure looks super confused, but she taught me that. But we finished our beverages, so suck on that. That's not how you use that. And then Dagger and Lexi, the two fae, get up and and go to leave the Jabba spot. I I run after them and I grab Lexi's wrist. Um, excuse me? You are not supposed to be here. Um, I am supposed to be here. I was sent here? Why are you waving here? We are waving here. 
because that is what we are told to do. The council told you? We can't tell her anymore. We need to go. I know. She doesn't know what's going on. We're obviously not going to tell you anything. Like you know what's going on. Uh, With that, Dagger raises his hand. You're standing kind of in the door, and you feel a large gust of air come and hit you square in the chest, and it blasts you back and into the room. You're winded. You're knocked to the ground. I dropped my tea. Don't have a nice day. Reynolds, you're standing outside of Madame Maisel's. There are, are like beads hanging down from the awning. It's in luxurious calligraphy, and there's like flowers and stars all over the banner. You push the door open, and it's it's heavier than you remember, but that's not anything that holds you back, really. A big cloud of incense like hits you in the face as you enter. What is it that you hear as you enter Madame Maisel's? Yeah, it's like some uh, some low-key sitar music and just like uh, kind of a you know weird atmosphere in the in the store. Like you know it as soon as you walk in. The shelves are filled with like crystal balls and like kitschy Chinese and Japanese ornaments. And uh, there's nobody at, like, the, there's, like, a till area. Uh, there's nobody there, but there is a back room that is separated by a beaded curtain. And you hear from beyond there just a, a soft voice out, just a, just a second, just a second, please. And quick footsteps come, and you hear the beads part. And out steps a short, about four foot, full-figured woman. She's got light brown skin and short black hair. She's a very round, full, happy face. She's reading a book as she comes out. And she she looks up from it and she says, yes, 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 yes. <gasps> Reynolds, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. Hey, Belinda, how's it going? Oh, you're the only one who's allowed to call me that, so it's okay. I mean, I can call you Madame Maisel if you prefer. No, we know, we know what what our real names are. It's totally fine, totally fine. Come in, come in, come in. Please have a seat. Tell me your story. Why are you here? Oh, Belinda, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. I had a crazy vision the other day. Oh, you did? Have you been practicing? Oh, no. See, that's the thing is I wasn't practicing i to be honest with you i've been a little lax in that department reynolds we talked about this i know i know we we talked time and time again if you practice you won't have to come here and see me all the time i know i know but but then i wouldn't get to see you all the time well i mean it is always a delight when i get to see you uh okay so yeah uh crazy dream uh vamps Mm -hmm. werewolves dangerous some other humanoid looking motherfuckers right all fighting in the street, chaos, carnage everywhere. That sounds terrible. And then huge explosion. Like so big in my dream that it threw me against my apartment wall. It physically threw you within the dream? Physically threw me within the dream. My good God. So you can see why I'm back. Need a little help with this one. When did you have this dream? Just the other morning. And you're only seeing me now? 
I, things have been busy. It's 24 hours. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what could have happened? This explosion could happen in, t- in 20 minutes. <sighs> Sit I, down. I'm here now. Sit. Okay. You're already sitting. I, You're already sitting. Sorry. <sighs> hmm. Give me a second here. I just need to calm myself. Mm, mm. You do this to me every time, Reynolds. Every I know. I know. Good I, time. I, I, I promised you last time I would be better, and obviously that didn't happen. But I'm going to promise you again that I'm going to be better next time. The door chimes and a woman starts to walk in. Uh, occupied. Get out! God, sorry. Out! This so rude. It's it's an intense reading. It's it's come back another time. Belinda stands up and grabs her broom and starts like shaking it at the woman to try and get her out the door. And shuts and locks the door and flips the closed sign. Okay. She comes and sits back down. She says, "You know the routine. Just like clear your mind. The she rest s- will follow. I she know." She sits down beside you and she starts to quietly hum to herself. She reaches out her hands. I grab her hands. She says, you've been moisturizing. Well, I mean, last time you commented that I hadn't been, so. Sandpaper. It was sandpaper. Really stepped How up my game. Do you have good readings if people can't hold your hands? You sit for a moment. She says, are your eyes closed yet? It hasn't started. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, closed here. We've done this enough times. I know the drill. As you close your eyes, for real this time, you start to drift and sink into this dream space that you recognize from many training sessions and the few practice sessions that you've done actually yourself. And you are in a park. It's a clear day. Belinda's standing beside you and says, now just try to, try to think of that moment when the explosion, before the explosion, when the battle was happening. We can see if we can try and rewind the vision. Okay. The floor of my apartment didn't exactly give way, kind of shot me up into space. And then I ended up outside where all of this was happening. Your feet hit the floor of your apartment and dust shoots up underneath you. And the same lift comes from the room. You see her standing there and just kind of waiting. She closes her eyes and nudges you to do the same. And in your dream, you feel her reach out for your hand again. And as she does, you see a flash of downtown. You see the CN Tower. And it is struck by an enormous explosion of lightning. Thunder rings out across the entire city. You see windows smash. As your position, it's like you're flying around in your apartment. You see the ground begin to open up, shooting down streets. You see people running and screaming. Your vision flashes again, and you see a jade orb being held high 
by a Hispanic woman wearing a leather overcoat and she's got a scar down her face and she's holding it up above her head, yelling something incomprehensible at the moment. From the cracks in the earth, demons begin to pour out and into the streets, attacking people. And you see werewolves and vampires now coming off of rooftops and out of alleyways and up from the subway. There are harsh flashes of battle and steel and blood splatters across your visions. And then you see a familiar face that you've been trying to dodge all morning. You see Dayun, and she's holding that jade orb at this moment. And she's running through the streets, and then your vision fades out, and you see Mahira floating quickly behind her, and you running, and you're being chased by a pack of demons. Then that explosion rings again. The light blinds your vision. And then you hear the sitar music come back. The smell of incense comes back to you. You open your eyes and you see Belinda across from you and she looks slumped over and tired. Did you... did you get all that? Uh, yeah, dear. Yeah. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything in particular you recognized? The people that uh, you were with? The- yeah, yeah. I, I know uh, the, the one later on with the orb. I know her. Um, and, and the other kind of ghostly one, I know, I know her. Right. Um, didn't recognize the first lady with the orb, though. I, I feel like you need to find your friends. And that orb. Hopefully. What do you think it is? Um, a key. Key. Maybe to stop or start this. Whatever this is. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll find them and maybe one of them knows about this this orb. I mean I guess I better start by calling in sick to work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's gonna take the day. We fade out on Madame Maisel's. We, we cut back to Mahira in the backseat. Raja is driving around, upset and angry. He's hitting the steering wheel. He's screaming to himself about how he needs to find this location of where a portal is supposed to open up. when his car phone rings. Go for Raja. Raja. Raja, it's Henry. What's up? 
Yeah, man, you're supposed to come see me. What's going on here? I'm still scouting the locations. Well, just your luck. I might have a tip on where you gotta be going. But you gotta come to me here. I can't tell you over the phone. They might have the phones tapped, Raja. Who's they? When you always say they've probably got the phones tapped. Who, who are you talking about? Every single person, Raja. That's who. Everybody has the phones tapped. You can never be too safe. That's what I've been telling you this whole time. I think you watch too many movies, man. I do not watch too many movies. The government, the CIA, the FBI, the RCMP, the LMNP, you name it, they've got the tap. I mean, how do you, how do you even tap a car phone? It's a car. It's yeah. moving around. Can you hear this? Yeah, can you hear that? You're telling me you can't have a phone in a car? I don't... Come on now. Okay, where, where are you? Here, now. Usual spot? Nope, oh, all right. Just gonna assume it's the usual spot. Fucking dick. Obviously acting, like, shady as fuck, and it's weird, right? Like, this isn't the guy that was my big brother when I was growing up. I mean, he was a big brother, so he was a pain in my ass, but he wasn't, like, evil. So, um, yeah, it's a bit hard to understand, like, what has happened, what he's wrapped up in, and and why he is doing it. Because um, maybe now a threat against his family is very believable, because, you know, dead. But I'm really mad, but I'm also sad and confused and just like, who is this guy? Like, what is what is happening? You're you're watching him as you continue to drive for another uh, 20 or 30 minutes um, as he's going wherever this call has led him. You're watching him this whole way. And amidst the, the screaming and the yelling, you see moments where he drops that and just like fear in his eyes Facing Fate Season 2 Shadows Episode 3 Fear with your game master Russ Moore and players Amy Moore, Carla Maxted and Tom Laird Production and sound design by Russ Moore Theme music by Eli McElvey. All other music and sound effects can be found at epidemicsound.com and boomlibrary.com. Game played is Urban Shadows by Magpie Games. Find out more at magpiegames.com. A huge thank you to our supporting producers, Christian Brown, Darylith, Devin Michaels, Gabriel Lynch, Jacob Madden, Jessica Babiak, Cat Waterflame, Mark Hartless, and Stevie. Thank you, and we'll be talking to you soon. A Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. My friend Shayna was like, just so you know, everyone in the Villainous League is coming to kill you. And I was like, oh boy. Imagine NPR in the MCU. The Daily Planet's style desk. Car talk for jetpacks. It's these American supers. 100% invisible. The speech bubble. It's sequential. The utility belt. Superhuman Public Radio is a fiction podcast telling the hilarious and heartbreaking stories of people in a superpowered world. I thought I was going to die. An invisible car in Chicago. A wee supervillain? These are the stories that fall between the panels of comic books. I think they knew that I didn't mean to do that to Arizona. Wasabi! Oh my god, quantum. He could kill himself. Kid, I feel like you're not giving this problem your all. No, no. But yes, I guess most people would call them a death squad. Ta-da. Superhuman Public Radio. Superhuman.
stories. The only limits are your imagination, and I have a wild imagination. New episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is SPR. Name the supervillain, and we've done the gig. But these Wall Street types that lack the answers to, yikes.